are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. In our society, it is uh, becoming more and more acceptable to live like you want. You know what? Just do what makes us feel good. That's what's important. You know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about heaven and getting into heaven for all roads lead to God. Have you heard that? You ever pondered it? Thought, you know what? Is that truth? You know what? Is life really about this proverbial balancing scale in the sky where it's kind of like all the good deeds are poured into one side and all the things that we do bad are poured into another side. And at the end, whatever way the scale tips, that's the way that God is going to treat us. Lord, I hope not. Because if that's truth, man, there's no assurance that Jesus Christ will meet us one day and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I think it's a scary way to live. Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? For I have done good things, but I've also done wrong. The Bible says in Romans 3.10, no one is righteous, not one. All have turned away and become useless. No one does good, not a single thing. So if the Bible is truth, this is a scary way to live and navigate through life. So then do all roads lead to heaven? I think that would be like saying, all roads lead to Cold Lake, Alberta. I, I just don't see how that's possible. I've, I've been in Europe, and if I type into my GPS, get to Cold Lake, Alberta, it's going to say, take a plane, dude, because my truck, my car is not going to be sufficient. I need another venture, another avenue to be able to get to my home destination. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. This morning, I just really want to dive into the book of Acts, chapter 19. If we are believers are putting our trust in Jesus, then who is he? And how can we feel confident knowing that Jesus is the real deal? Let's start in verse 11. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched the skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases, and evil spirits were expelled. Healing is something that we can't fake. We can never manufacture. You know what, by a show of hands in this room, how many people have been miraculously healed by the touch of Jesus Christ? Like, like just take a, keep your hands up. Just take a moment and look around and see that. See, I could be, be a fake. I could, I could t- talk about Christ, and I could live like the devil, and I can do whatever, and I can make promises, and I can do whatever, but I cannot heal people. But Jesus Christ can. And so many people in this room have been touched supernaturally through the power of Jesus Christ. So here in the book of Acts, Paul was in the city of Ephesus, and Ephesus at the time was a very pagan city with idol worshiper who wore ceremonial dress to honor their gods. Paul is on the street using hankies and aprons, 
We see miracles taking place and demons flying out. God over and over wants us to see how big he is. He wants to see people and experience the authentic. And then verse 13, something really neat happens. We read that a group of fellas take note of what Paul's doing. Let's read it. A group of Jews were traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. These guys were exorcists. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what their heart's conditions were. We know that their father was a king priest or the head priest. We know that they were priests and they were traveling all around doing this whole um, uh, casting out demon thing. It was a business. Now, they were priests. Maybe their hearts were good. Maybe they wanted to help people. But yet we know that they didn't know who Jesus Christ was. So all of a sudden, they see Paul doing this, and they see Paul commanding out demons, and they see with their eyes these demons taking a hike and fleeing, and they're like, whoa. They were at a conference. Have you been to a conference where all of a sudden some expert starts talking, and all of a sudden you start taking notes? This is what I've been looking for. This is the formula for success in life whether that's financial, whether that's spiritual, or whether that's with just tools to equip us with whatever, all of a sudden we start taking notes, and these guys start taking notes. Okay, deliverance 101, here's how you do it. Paul casts out these things in Jesus' name. Oh. And they write that down, but the problem was is they didn't know who Jesus was. They had head knowledge, but they didn't have relationship. They didn't they didn't walk in that place where they said, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I surrender everything to you, God. So they're walking in, and they, they're seeing what is happening, and they're like, this is so good. So these guys see Paul. They see what he's doing, and they immediately take note because they were doing this stuff. How do I know that? Well, in verse 14, it says, the seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. So as they took notice, they saw what was happening, and they saw demons fleeing, and they started writing this down using head knowledge. Verse 15 says, but one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? Uh-oh. We have a problem. So these guys see what happened. They see Paul do it, but they didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So they went out to try this formula, and they fell short Remember what Jesus said. Here's a key for us. If we ponder the thought that all roads lead to God, then we need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt who we are in Jesus Christ. Is your name this morning written in the Lamb's Book of Life, which ultimately decides access to heaven or not? Revelation 21 says, Nothing impure will ever enter nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Are you impure? Have you done shameful things? Have you been deceitful in your life? I have. So does that mean that I'm, I'm hooped and I have no chance? See, this shows that in our own strength, heaven is an impossibility. But through Jesus Christ, we can stand boldly saying, thank you, Lord, for loving me that much. Thank you, Jesus, for being my advocate for eternity. See, I am imperfect. 
I have made mistakes, but Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior, went to the cross as that perfect atonement of sin. I can't get to heaven on my own. I can't do enough good in my life to, to, to tip that scale because it shows in the Bible that my, the best, my best intentions are nothing but filthy rags. But I can stand with assurance in Jesus Christ this morning. And I can say, Jesus, I need you to be my Lord. And I need you to be my Savior. Because when that day comes where I stand before God, I need to be able to say, Lord, in my own I was nothing. But through you, I have an advocate to the Father who was perfect. He is the spotless Lamb. He did what I couldn't do. And he died on the cross for me. If we just stop for a moment and really think about that, that blows us away. Have you pondered eternity? Have you really just thought about it? See, I think sometimes in our youth, we can be young and naive. And we can think that we're invincible. Man, you know, when I went down to this this funeral, I ran into the, all these people who knew me as a kid. And all of a sudden, all those things that you don't know about me came out. And you know what? I met three people there. I met Mrs. Piercy. She was an old farmer. And we used to hang out with her family. And she says, Lance Steves. And I didn't recognize her. I said, hello. She says, I'm Miss Piercy. I'm like, whoa, Miss Piercy. How are you, Miss Piercy? She says, you were bad. You were so bad. She's like, I cannot believe that you're a pastor today. Whoa, you gave your mom every gray hair that she has on her head. Like, well, nice talking to you. And no word of a lie, two minutes later, I run into Cheryl and Debbie. And again, I haven't seen, I haven't seen them for so long. And they're like, Lance Steves, man, you were bad. I remember you got, uh, Debbie is, is my age, she goes, you got me kicked off the school bus. I said, oh man, I've been kicked off of so many school buses, I've been kicked out. My dad left me on the side of the road and drove away saying, you know what, that's it, you're out. I was bad. And they reminded me of it. But my past doesn't dictate my future. I did things that in fact, Cheryl even said that. She's like, you know, Lance, there was just something about you. Trouble followed you everywhere you go, and if you couldn't find, if you didn't, if trouble didn't follow you, you would make trouble. And it's true. Man, I did a lot of, I was a busy, active kid. But that's who I was prior to Jesus Christ coming into my life. And there's been a, a transformation in my life. You know what? Maybe you're here this morning and you can relate. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know, preach, you have no idea who I am and what I've done. There's no way Jesus Christ would accept me because I am the worst. I want you to know this morning that is a lie from the pit of hell. That when we get to that place and we just stop for a moment and say, God, I don't want 
my past to dictate my future anymore. You know what? There's, there's family members who know me. There's people who know me, and they know how bad I am. There's people who remind me how bad I am. But yet, there's an advocate who says that my sins are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. They're tossed away as far as the east is from the west. And when I stand before the Lord, and I come before him in fear and trembling, and I say, God, I blew it. He says, what are you talking about? I said, well, you remember when I did? He says, no, I don't. But what about when I... No, I don't remember that either. It's never to be remembered again. My friends, we can't do it on our own. All roads don't lead to God. We can't live a life that just says we can do whatever we want and we're going to be okay because the reality of eternity is coming our way uh, sooner or later. The truth of the matter is, is this next week, one of us in this room may not be here. We have no promises, but the only promises we have is that Jesus Christ says that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I am your atonement, and I will carry you across that threshold. But it starts by yielding our hearts and saying, God, I need you in my life. I don't want to live for myself anymore. God, forgive me, Lord. Matthew 7 says, On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. We performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's laws. There's the king side. See, Jesus is the priest. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation for Christ Jesus. But yet there's also a religious sector who just think, you know what? I am the bomb. Look at me. I'm casting out demons. Man, I have, I got churches calling me everywhere. My schedule is so packed out. I am the man of God. And the Lord's like, really? I never knew you because you're doing it in your own strength. Depart from me. My friends, don't be fooled by outward appearance. The Bible says in the end times, many will fall away chasing signs and wonders. We need to know the Word of God. And I promise you, new teachings, they come around all the time and all of a sudden pendulums swing and it's like, this is where we need to go. And it's like, no! Keep our eyes on Christ. Don't let offense, don't let bitterness, don't let excitement take you away from the cross and the work that Jesus Christ has done on that. The only way to God is through the Father. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So these seven priests see something that works They run out to try it. We command you in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches. We don't know Jesus, but hey, that Paul guy, he does. This is awesome. What if that holds true for today? There are people who are doing ministry, and there are others who are really ministering. Just a thought. But I believe that every one of us in this room need to pray and say, Lord, would you just check my heart? 
Lord, am I just am I just doing ministry or am I living at God? I remember at the last general conference, and the general conference for POC happens every two years in all the POC churches in Canada come together. And they had this pastor come in from the States, and he shared his incredible story about how he was doing these small groups thing, and the church started out with like 12 people, and now there's over 6,000 people who are being touched by the Lord. And he's just like, you know, pastors, it's easy. You need to seek God, and you need to just press in, and God will grant you success. And all the pastors, yeah, we need God. And then a friend of mine, Doug Fanuff, from Airdrie, Alberta, gets up the next day and he speaks because he'd lost his daughter that year. His daughter passed away of cancer and he was sharing how God is sufficient. And he starts out with this. He says, how many of you guys last night, you just really enjoyed the message? Everyone's like, yeah. He goes, really? Because I hated it. You can't say that. The speaker's probably in the room somewhere. He goes, I'm sick and tired of going to conferences where someone comes up with a formula for success and our success is all based on numbers. You know what? If you're a pastor, you have a church of 30 people, all of a sudden you fall short because you have 30 people and you should have 6,000. He says, that's rubbish. And we need to stop living like that. We need to seek the Lord and say, God, what a success for me. What is success for you? How do you measure success? Because you need to know that. You need to go into the presence of the Lord and say, God, am I successful? And Father, how do you deem success in my life? Am I living up to my potential or am I not? Because if I'm not, God, I want to be that guy. And I want to live that life. And Lord, maybe there's just something in my life that I need to be able to yield to you or there's something of the old that, I, that I'm holding back on that you want to remove from my life. But God, I want to walk in all that you have for me. When Jesus is in it, he's in it all the way. His burden is light. His yoke is easy. So demons cry out, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but I don't know you. They had no power. They had nothing but a program, and they didn't walk in authority. Many people are spiritual, but they know nothing of spiritual authority. People everywhere are spiritually hungry. Aura reading, psychic television, readers, guides, horoscope, quizzes, who am I in another life? Stay away from all this. It's not the real deal and, and you, by your free will, are opening a door to the spirit of darkness. Don't be deceived. There may be a portion of truth or resemblance of power, but I promise you, it's not Christ. Oh, hey, pastor, look at my, look at my horoscope today. <laughs> Nailed it. No. They didn't. You want to know who you are? Seek God. And he'll tell you, son, daughter, I want to walk with you. I want to have relationship with you. Because I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. And I've got life for you and your family. 
We need to be pressing in. So let's read on. Verse 16. Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled the house naked and battered. All seven guys were beaten severely. They did it in Jesus' name, but there's something about belonging to the Lord and walking in the authentic. Be careful, my friends, not to walk in flesh. For pride is a human downfall. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. And you can read about that on your own. Verse 17. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to the Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. People saw at that very moment that all roads didn't lead to heaven, but they needed to go through Jesus Christ and their lives could be changed forever. Isn't that cool? The name of the Lord Jesus Christ was lifted high. The authentic was raised up in a city that was given over to pagan worship. And then what happened? Verse 18 tells us, many became believers. They confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of these books were several million dollars. There's something absolutely amazing about repentance. But when we remove things from our lives that are not good for us, that's the explanation mark on the end of it. These people came out with millions of dollars worth of items and burned them to remove any hindrances in their lives from serving the Lord. I remember when I was youth pastoring in Clairview, that was one of the first churches that I was in, and we had this, this thing, and the youth painted this massive like refrigerator box, and we called it the sin bin. And we just said, you know what, we're going to have service, and if, if you have something in your life that you just want to take before the Lord and say, I don't want this in my life anymore, then bring it out and just drop it in the box, and then we're going to have a big bonfire and burn all this stuff. And I thought, you know what, like hopefully someone will put something in there. You know, maybe it might be a little tiny fire, but who knows, right? So we did, ran this little series for about a month, and by the time the month was over, this refrigerator box was filled with pornography. And it was filled with CDs and DVDs. And it was filled with incantation books and spell books. It was filled with magic cards. It was filled with cocaine was in there. Drugs was in there. As people were just taking their stuff and saying, Lord, I don't want this anymore. And kids would come in and wouldn't be like, okay, bring your stuff up now. It was, it was just, they would just come in and drop it anonymously into the sin bin. And then at the end of this, we burn this whole thing. And I believe, I, man, I just remember this as plastics and stuff, this black smoke for all you environmentalists, I'm sorry, just went up to the heavens and it was disgusting. But I imagine the Lord, he's like, oh, that's good. That is a scent that is honoring to me. And I think so many times we get hung up on stuff like money. What is money? Really? You know, I, I know what buys us groceries. I know it pays for our heating. But in the light of eternity, what is finances? I don't believe it's anything. We can't buy our way into heaven. So it doesn't really matter. And as Pastor Hayward shared, God doesn't really need our tithes and our offerings. He's not just like, you know what, you better, I'm going to get you. That's not who God is. 
So it's just something that he gives us to be a steward over, right? I am giving you this, and I want to test your stewardship. And as much as required, as much as given, much is required. If I can trust you with little, I can trust you with more. That's who God is. So we can stand in that place and say, God, you've given me a dollar, and I can give 10 cents because you've trusted me with this. And all of a sudden, it's like, good, I'm going to give you $10. Okay, well, Lord, here's a dollar. I've been trustworthy with it. That's, that's what money is. So then all of a sudden, the Lord starts speaking to us, and the Holy Spirit starts ministering. It's like, oh, God, you know, there's something in my life, but I've spent hundreds of dollars on that, Lord, and I, I really like it. You know, I tell you what, Lord, you want it out of my life, no problem. I'll, I'll sell it. And I'll give the money to the church. That's a great thing, right? No, it's not. I don't want the money from that. And I'll tell you why. Because what happens is that, yes, it's great to get the money, money from the church. It's great to be able to do that kind of stuff. And I have no idea where it comes from. But what happens is all of a sudden you take something that has been detrimental in your life and you pass it on to somebody else. And that's not healthy. It's better to stand in that place and say, God, this is wrong. And God, I want this broken in my life. Like, would you take a porn collection and just say to some teenager, here, come buy this. I don't want it anymore. It, it doesn't make sense. Because all of a sudden, they get caught in lust and pornography, and they start to go down that track that you went down. But it's better just to stand in that place and say, God, I just want freedom. This stuff is detrimental, and I need to destroy it. Man, it's still bonfire season. Take it out to your backyard, light it up, and just say, God, this is yours. God, I want to honor you. And I was praying about that, whether we should do another sin bin thing here, and I just really didn't feel the Lord said do this. But you know what? If you've got something you want to do, just come and drop it off at the altar before a service one Sunday. You know, and if it's something that is, could be detrimental, like, like a, a pornography type of thing, put it into a box, wrap it up, put a little bow on there that says porn. That way I don't open it to see what's inside of it. <laughs> and we'll deal with it. We'll burn it. We'll get rid of it. But stand before God and say, God, examine my heart, Lord. God, I don't want anything in my life that is hindering me from the full moving of the Holy Spirit. But Lord, I want to be clean and I want to be pure and I want to remove any hindrance, God, that I may have. And Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you just breathe through this crowd and that, Lord, if there's anything in our lives, anything that is hindering us from growth, is causing a blockade in our life, would you highlight that now in Jesus' name? And God, it's yours. It's yours, God. Take it. If we lift up the name of Jesus by putting him first, declaring his goodness in our life, sharing who he is, offering others the option of, have you tried God? Really tried. If we do the proclaiming, God will do the drawing. Have you ever had someone other than a salesperson tell you about something that they love? By the end of the conversation, we start to think, you know what, I need that. Mark McMillan at the back, he needed hip-hop abs. I need that. I, I'll never forget that, Mark. I remember 
that I did a body transformation back in Edmonton where I lost a bunch of weight and, and I was starting to train for a bodylifting competition and I was, I was exercising really hard at the gym. And so many people were like, man, like, what are you doing? I would just tell them, well, I'm just working out and going to the gym. You know, about 20 people got memberships at the same gym that I was doing at. We're just like, that's awesome because people were like, I want that in my life. But how much more do we want that spiritually? When people all of a sudden say, you know what? I see something different about you. I've known you all my life. Lance, you were trouble. You were bad. But there's something different about you now. And you can say, you know what? It's a transformation of Jesus Christ in me. It's my relationship with the authentic. It's walking as a son of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's walking through life understanding that, you know what, guys? I'm still going to fall. I'm still going to sin. I'm still going to make mistakes. But Romans 8.1, there's no guilt nor condemnation through Christ Jesus. And together, Lord, we're going to do this. It's continually going before the Lord through prayer and fasting and saying, God, show me things in my life because, Lord, I'm ready to go to the next level. God, I want to go to the next level. And all of a sudden, he says, you ready for the next level? It's time to remove this. It's time to shape you. It's time to break this. And sometimes it's a hard process that we go through. But we know that Holy Spirit has got us and he's making us something beautiful. When we speak about God, his spirit begins to manifest and it bears witness with other people. And he's not willing that anyone should perish so the spirit of Christ in you becomes a witness of his power. Spiritual battles, they can't be won through intellect. You can't counsel a demon. Deliverance, salvation, and true freedom only come through the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's time to stop warring on this level and it's time for us to, as a church to ascend to this level where on our knees through prayer, through intercession, and through fasting, God is glorified in our lives. This morning, I'd like to leave you with two thoughts. And I hope these thoughts challenge you. If you want to grab a pen and write them down, you got a pen in front of you, and you, maybe you grab the bulletin or else write it on your hand or your spouse's forehead. Number one, is there anything that has to go from my life? Anything that you're holding on which is detrimental to my spirit? So you just put that down. Number one, is there anything that needs to go from my life? Lord, is there anything in my life that you want to remove? And God, give me the strength because you know what? When there are addictions in this place, it's hard to get through that because it's become an idol in our life. But when we give it to the Lord and say, God, I know that you want to remove this, and I ask that you give me a supernatural strength to be able to endure. And if all of a sudden you fall and you slip, you just keep right in that place of prayer and saying, God, I know you're not done with me yet. 
I want to press in, and I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to fast until this has been broken in my life. And the second thing is how well am I known? We need to be known in the enemy's camp as a serious threat. How well do we know God and the resources that he has given to each one of us in this room as an inheritance? I think if the enemy can whisper into our ears and tell us how weak and small we are, then you know what? We can never do anything great in the kingdom. But when all of a sudden we understand our, our authority and we understand our position, we can say, God, I can't do this in my own strength. But Lord, I'm going to take a step of faith knowing that God, you need to catch me or I'm going to fall. Have you ever been in that place? It's scary. Man, I was in there, that place, building this building. Lord, how are we going to do this? I was a youth pastor. I have no idea about being a senior pastor, never about being a senior pastor in the middle of a building project. And God was glorified and took us through. And man, I tell you, there were some scary times. There were times where we came so close to losing this building. I'm like, well, that's great. I'm going to have to go back and tell our people after I told them, we're doing it, we're moving in, praise the Lord. I'm going to have to say, well, we lost it. Sorry about that. Wouldn't that be good for momentum? But it was just that journey of faith, stepping out and stepping out and stepping out and God just doing miracle after miracle after miracle. And the Lord wants to do that in your life. He wants to do great things. So those are the two questions I think we need to ask ourselves this morning. God, is there anything you want me to get rid of? Is there any hindrances in my life that are keeping me from everything that you have for me? Because Lord, I understand that all I have is yours. And number two, God, am I known? Lord, do I know who I am? Do I have assurance that if something happened to me today, I would spend an eternity with you? Or am I not sure? Am I one of those sons of Sceva that all of a sudden I take that step of faith? I cast you out in the name of Jesus who Pastor Lance serves. And all of a sudden it's like, I know Jesus. I know Pastor Lance. But who are you? Who are we in Christ? So let's just take a few moments as Ernie just kind of leads us and let's just ponder that. Then I'm going to dismiss the service. I'm going to just sort of Dismiss the service in maybe two minutes. I'll just do a closing prayer. And I just want to open up the altars. And if Holy Spirit is speaking to you, then I just want to be able to agree with you in prayer. All right? Lord bless you. Have a great Thanksgiving with your family. And may the Lord continue to challenge you that there's more to the kingdom of God. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.
Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.